Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. For your goodness, for your mercy, we pray, Lord, that you speak to us. Give us of your spirit to teach us. Let us not live here the same. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your loving kindness. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated with a clap offering to the Lord Jesus. Wonderful. Well, for, for several weeks, we shared about faithfulness. We shared about faithfulness. Today is our Mission Sunday. Today is our Mission Sunday. By tradition, after our evangelism, the Sunday, the last Sunday of the month, we call it a Mission Sunday to remind us of what actually we ought to do to be missionaries. That what Jesus wanted us to be is to be missionaries and that every church ought to be a missionary church. So this afternoon, for a short time, I want to share with you why every church must be a missionary church. Why every church must be a missionary church. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And verse number 4. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. It says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. I just want, let's go maybe two scriptures up. Or verse 1, so that you know who we are talking about. Who we are talking about. It says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Do you understand? Speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Speaking of the things that are important to the kingdom of God. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? He came to them, when he was risen, he came to them speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Not the things pertaining to this world, but things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse 4. He says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. Hallelujah. 
He said, when he came to them, he assembled, when he assembled with them, he commanded them. He told them, he commanded them. It was a commandment. It was not a choice. He commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. They should not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you can take that out, so and say, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he have heard of me. Do you understand? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? The next verse, for John truly baptized with water, but he shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Do you understand? You see, when he rose up and he came to them, he came to them to tell them about things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And these are people that he had worked with throughout his ministry, teaching them the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Each time he was ministering, he would say, he would introduce his message as, the kingdom of God is likened to this. The kingdom of God is likened to this. So he will find something here on earth, and he will liken it to the kingdom of God, so that it will make sense to them. Do you understand? So this time, he has come finally to command them about the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And look at the question they ask him. They said, Lord, will thou at this time, at this time, he says he came at this time to tell them things pertaining to the kingdom. So they are asking them, they are asking him about the kingdom of Israel. Do you understand? They are asking him about the kingdom of Israel. There are many Christians who are in church who do not know even what Jesus has been saying all these times. Many Christians. Do you understand? These are people who are working with him directly and they are asking him about the kingdom of Israel. Meanwhile, he came to tell them of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So he said in verse 7, he said, and he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times of the season which the Father had put in his power. Don't worry about those things. About the times and the season, if the Lord is going to restore the kingdom of Israel, is going to restore the kingdom of Nigeria, or is going to restore the kingdom of... It's not, in your, it's not your problem to worry about. But this is what you have to worry about. So he's a, he's, he cleared that. So that clear your mind of these things and hear what you really need to know. So verse 8, he said, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses. You will be witnesses. Not that you will learn to be witnesses, but you will transform. You will be transformed. When you receive power, you will become a witness. You are not going to learn to witness to someone. You are not going, so if you are a born again Christian baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are not supposed to say, I don't know how to witness. I don't know, teach me how to witness. You are supposed to be a witness. That means what you receive is what? What is a witness? A witness is someone who has seen something. And then we call you and we come and narrate what you saw. 
or what you heard. That is a witness. You cannot be a witness if you did not hear something. You cannot be a witness if you did not see something. So, if you are a born-again Christian, baptized of the Holy Spirit, then you are become a witness. Then automatically you can be called to court to testify of what you have heard. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So he's saying to them, he said, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the outermost part of the earth. Hallelujah. Now you realize, in verse 4, he said, verse 4, he said, and being assembled together, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Do you realize that? That they should not depart from Jerusalem. And then verse 8, he said, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And from then, ye shall be witnesses, not only in Jerusalem, but both in Judea, in Samaria, and up to the outermost parts of the earth. Hallelujah. And so, when the Holy Spirit is present, when the Holy Spirit is present in a church, the church does not stay in this place. Do you understand? When the Holy Spirit is not present, when the Holy Spirit is not present in the church, you find a church that does not move out. When the Holy Spirit is not present in the church, the church is at its local. The church is at a standstill. Jesus is saying that you cannot move out. You cannot move out as a church. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it will make you move out. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So, if a church wants to go out until the church receives the Holy Spirit, the church becomes a church that Jesus commands to be in Jerusalem. Do not move from Jerusalem. Remain in Jerusalem. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Until the church is filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus commands the church to remain in Jerusalem. Remain in your local. Remain speaking the same language. Remain with the same people. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon a church, then you find the church going out. You find the church spreading. When the Holy Spirit comes upon a church, the church cannot remain in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. So one of the signs of the presence of the Holy Spirit upon a church is how far they go. How far they go to start churches in other areas. How far they go to preach the gospel in other areas. That is a sign that the Holy Spirit is upon a church. Hallelujah. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So if the Holy Spirit is in our church, then the sign we must see is the spreading of churches. Spreading of churches. Not only staying here in our locale, but spreading of churches. Going to all Judea and to Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the world. Hallelujah. We should be at the uttermost parts of the earth. Far away 
from where we are. That is a sign that the Holy Spirit is upon the church. Hallelujah. I said that is a sign that the Holy Spirit is upon the church. Now, for a church to move from where it is, you know, to gather a section of the church and send to another place and gather another section and send to another place, it is a great wisdom of God. You see, and sometimes the human mind cannot understand it. Sometimes the human mind cannot comprehend it. And then we will see, for instance, that, oh, we are spoiling the church. Why have we sent these people out? Why have we sent, why can't we just be here together? You see, and that is a great wisdom of God. In the wisdom of God, every church besides your Jerusalem, you should also have your Judea, you should have your Samaria, and you should have the utmost part of the earth. Every church, if the Holy Spirit is in your church, every church ought to have branches in Judea, in Samaria, and onto the outermost part of the earth. Hallelujah. But you see, in our human wisdom, in our human mind, we may say, if there are already big churches, they have big churches in US, they have big churches in UK, Perry, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Are there not big churches here? There are big churches. There are huge churches. Many churches. If there are churches here, why do we have to go again to start other churches? If they have many churches in Las Vegas, why should we go and start churches there? If they have churches in Albany, why should we go and start churches there? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That is what we would think. And we would think that it doesn't even sound economical. Why should we now spend money to send missionaries to go to the other places? Why can't the churches that are in those countries grow and just do their work in that country? Why should another church from another country travel to go to another country to do or start a church? It sounds like it doesn't make sense, does it? Doesn't it make more sense for the churches that are in those countries to just become large and just do the work? Why do we then send other churches or other people to start churches? Amen. Amen. Why do we leave all the unsaved souls in Ghana, for instance? There are so many souls that are not saved. So many towns that do not have churches. Why do we have to now leave and come here and start churches? Or why do we leave Ghana and go to Ivory Coast or go to Jamaica or go to Nigeria and start churches? Why can't we win all the souls that are in our area first? Amen. You see, but the amazing thing is that in spite of all the established churches in all these countries, Besides all the established churches in the U.S., one missionary, one missionary traveled from Ghana, from a small town, from a small area, from unknown area, one missionary traveled and came to the U.S. and started a church, and look how many people are sitting in the churches. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Look how many people are sitting in the churches. That when they have a camp meeting, you, the whole that is there cannot even contain them. That one person left his church, left his Jerusalem, 
and went to his Judea. That one person. The reason is that every church can only do so much in Jerusalem. Every church can do so much in their Jerusalem. God is a very wise God. And he knows that every church has a limit in Jerusalem. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So if we are sitting in Jerusalem and trying to grow our church to become the wildest, biggest, largest church in the world, to become the number one church, the biggest church in the world, we ought to understand that our work in Judea is waiting, our work in Samaria is waiting, our work in the outermost part of the earth is waiting, and the Lord expects that we accomplish that work also. Hallelujah. The Lord expects that we accomplish that work also, because every church can do so much in their local. You can only do so much in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. That is why we will send we will send a missionary to say Florida, where the big churches, Benny Hinn's church is there, big churches, or we send I remember when Apostle Joel went to Atlanta. There were big churches, Cathodola, and all big, big churches are there. And you will go to Apostle Joel's church and you will find members. I tell you, there is so much that one church can do in Jerusalem. There is only so much that a church can do in Jerusalem. And if another person will leave his Jerusalem to go to Judea, you will find members sitting in the church. Hallelujah. It is the wisdom of God. And I believe, I tell you, the Lord expects that we accomplish our tasks in Judea and accomplish our tasks in Jerusalem and accomplish our tasks in Samaria and still go further to the uttermost part of the world. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, when the Swiss church, the Swiss Basel evangelistic ministry, when they decided to send missionaries to Africa, for instance, and to other places such as Ghana, there were so many people that rose up to resist and oppose it. There's so many people that came with good reasons why they shouldn't go. That the place is dangerous, there are sicknesses, and that we have many souls here in Switzerland there are many unsaved souls in Switzerland. Why can't we spread here in Switzerland and save them? Why do we have to send missionaries to places such as Ghana to witness to these people? I tell you, it was not a simple battle. And they gave good reasons. Except that you walk with the Lord and except that you are in the wisdom of God, it will not make any sense. To say, let's send missionaries to such places. And if the Swiss missionaries have not come, if they have not come to Ghana, I believe all of us would have been Muslims. We have been Muslims. All of us have been Muslims. If somebody understand what I'm sharing with you, we would have all been Muslims. It would have been a totally Muslim country or Islamic country if they had not come. But thank God for those missionaries. 
they brought some missionaries they died and they sent some more and they died and they sent some more and they died until the church was accomplished because they knew and understood that their work in Judea ought to be accomplished also hallelujah they knew that their work in Judea and if they had not come no one would have done their work in Judea for them no one would have done that for them so he says until the Holy Spirit comes, remain in Jerusalem. Until the Holy Spirit is upon the church, remain in Jerusalem. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he says, you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come. And then you become witnesses not only in Jerusalem, but he says, both in Jerusalem, you ought to do your work in Jerusalem. You can only do so much, but you have worked waiting for you also in Judea and you have work in Samaria and you still have work at the outermost part of the world. This is what the Holy Spirit is for. This is what the Holy Spirit is for. Hallelujah. And so if we are not going, it's a sign that the Holy Spirit is not upon us. Amen. If we are not going, it's a sign that the Holy Spirit is not upon us. Hallelujah. Now, if the Holy Spirit is upon the church, and the church doesn't move, God has a way of making the church move. You see, when the Holy Spirit is upon the church, you cannot sit still. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the church ought to move. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon a church and the church doesn't move, persecution will arise in the church and make the church move. Hallelujah. I say persecution will arise in the church and make the church do what? Move. You will move from Jerusalem. Turn with me to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 and verse 1. Are you coming with me? He says, And Saul was consenting unto the death, unto his death. This is Stephen's death in the previous chapter. He said, And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was where? I couldn't hear you. Where? Jerusalem is a locale. Jerusalem is our bronze. Our bronze is our Jerusalem. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Our building, for instance, is our Judea. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Mount Vernon, for instance, is our Samaria. Our local is the Bronx. So you see, the church was concentrated in Jerusalem. And Jesus has come already and the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon them. But they were still in Jerusalem. Increasing and spreading, preaching and winning souls. And the Bible says, and God was adding to the church daily. And they were very happy spreading in Jerusalem, spreading, but there was work waiting for them in Judea. So when they were not moving, God orchestrated some persecution. When they were not moving, persecution arose in the church. So he says, and Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem, which was not moving. And they were all scattered abroad. Do you see? You see, when the Spirit of God is upon you, Adelaide, you move. 
Is somebody understanding with me? You'll change your position. You confuse me. Powerful. Amen. So you see, he says that, and they were all scattered abroad throughout where? Throughout where? I cannot hear. Are you reading the scriptures with me? Throughout where? Kemi, throughout where? It says when persecution arose, they were forced, they were forced to move now to Judea, to Samaria, where they were supposed to go. Where they were supposed to go, but they had the spirit and they were doing miracle services because the people like it. They, they realize that when the people come, they pray for them, they're falling down. And the people like, you see, the people will make you remain in your Jerusalem. So they were enjoying it. The people were saying, wow, there's power in the church. You see, the Holy Spirit was in the church, but they were not moving. And so persecution arose and they sent them to the places, the regions where they were supposed to go. So he said then they were scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, throughout the regions of Samaria, except the apostles. And then verse 2, he says, and devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. Verse 3, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. You see, when the church is not moving, persecution arises. When the church is not moving, persecution comes upon the church. So he says, Saul was creating havoc in the church. Entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. And look at verse 4. Therefore, they that were, look, I am sharing something very, very important to you and I want you to pay attention. You will think that they that scattered abroad, they scattered abroad to look for safety. They scattered abroad to hide so they will preserve their lives. It is the spirit that was moving them. So the Bible says, therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. They went everywhere, 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 doing what the Spirit wanted them to do. They went everywhere preaching the word, preaching the word, preaching the word, preaching the word. That is what they were supposed to do. But they were sitting on power, sitting on power. But when persecution arose, they went everywhere preaching the word. And verse 5, it says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Do you see? Philip went on to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Now the Spirit is moving him. And so look, verse 6. He says, And the people with one accord gave heed unto these things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. You see, there are most of people that are sitting here and you have no idea the power that is in you. You have no idea the power that is in your hand. That you will pray and lay your hands upon people. You will pray for them and the sick shall be healed. You will pray upon people and they shall be well. You will minister to people and they shall be flowing and giving their life to Christ. But because you have not moved. 
because you are sitting in your Jerusalem. You see, we didn't hear about Paul, uh, Philip. We didn't know anything about Philip as long as the church was in Jerusalem. We didn't know about Philip. We thought Philip was just a servant at tables, just serving, washing dishes and clearing tables. You see, you, you would think that you are an usher. This is your work. You would think that you are this. This is your work. But you are sitting on power. And until you move from your Jerusalem, you will not experience that power that is upon you. Hallelujah. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So he says, and the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip, the cleaner, the table server, Philip, which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Did we hear of Philip doing miracles in Jerusalem? This was in, this is in Samaria. Now Philip cannot stay in Samaria. So look, he says, for unclean spirits crying with loud voice. This is Philip. Brother Philip, unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with pulses and that were lame were healed. Verse 8, he says, and there was a great joy in that city. Verse 9, but there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery, bewitched, and the people of Samaria giving out that himself was some great one. This is another guy who was in the city. You see, things are happening in cities. Demons are taking over the people. And it's because we have not gone. It's because we have not gone. This Simon guy, he was doing crazy things amongst the people. And they thought this is power until Philip arrived. Until Philip arrived. To whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, from children to kings, they thought he was a great guy. Saying, this man is a great power of God. You see the deception? And it's because the church has not moved. So verse 11, he says, and to him they had regard because that a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Wow. Wow. God is a very wise God, I tell you. God is a very wise God. So you will think that the church in Samaria should have been taken care of. This, the church in Samaria should have taken care of Simon. But the church in Samaria was there and Simon was doing all these things. And the people thought that this was the power of God. I said every church ought to go to their Judea. They ought to go to their Samaria. And they ought to go to their outermost parts of their world. Amen. Then Simon himself, Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. He was dazzled. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he, he was not falling upon them, none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Wow. 
And when Simon saw that through laying on of apostles' hand, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Say, Charlie, <laughs> I see something is in your hand. When you lay hands, it looks like the people change and they can I can you give me some? I have something for you. So there was a big thing with him. Next verse. Are you with me? Are you frozen? But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Verse 21. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for, they, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore for this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Verse 23. For I perceive that thou art in all gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Verse 24. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. Verse 25. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many small, in many villages of the Samaritans. And the angel of the Lord speak unto Philip, saying, now Philip has established in Samaria. Do you understand? Remember, they went to Judea, to Samaria. And then the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem, unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia. Wow! wow. Amazing! And behold, a man of Ethiopia. Now they have moved from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria. And you would think that the church in Ethiopia should have testified to this man. But Philip's ministry is going to the outermost parts of the earth. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Philip's ministry is going to the outermost parts of the earth. And all of this, Philip could have stayed in Jerusalem. But there was a man of Ethiopia that, he says, an eunuch of great authority under Cadence, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. He came to Jerusalem, but the church in Jerusalem could not minister to him. I am teaching you something. Every church can do so much in their Jerusalem. Every church. Every church can accomplish this much in their Jerusalem. This man came to Jerusalem to worship and he was leaving, going back. He did not receive salvation. So, the next verse. He was returning and sitting in his chariot read Isaiah, the prophet. He was reading the book of Isaiah. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Understandest thou what thou readest? You know, there are people who will sit in certain churches. You see, this man is coming from Jerusalem after worship. There are people who will sit in certain churches. They will not understand anything. They will not understand anything. 
but they will enter into one church and one ministry, one service, one teaching. Salvation makes sense to them. One teaching. Salvation makes sense to them. Amen. So he says, Understandest thou which thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he will come up and sit with him. I tell you, every pastor, you can accomplish so much in your Jerusalem. So much in your Jerusalem. There are so many people that will not receive you because you can accomplish so much in Jerusalem. But move to Judea. You see, people will welcome you onto their chariots. They will welcome you. He said, he invited him. He says, come on and sit with me. And he sat with him. And Philip, he says, and the place of the scripture which he was reading was this, that he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumped before his shearer. So opened he not his mouth. Who was he talking about? Jesus, the lamb of God. And the man did not understand. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth. Wow! I said, power is in your mouth. Some of you have no idea the words that are in your mouth. Some of you have no idea if you were to move and go somewhere and you were to open your mouth to minister David, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. Bam! You'll be amazed that if you were to move out and begin to minister. He says, Philip, now who was a cleaner? Philip, who was just at the table, sitting in the church every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday. This time, he opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Preached unto him Jesus. Minister unto him Jesus. And this man gave his life to Christ and was baptized. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. He gave his life to Christ and was baptized. Through a man that left his church and went to the outermost parts. That this man received salvation. So let's jump to verse 39. Verse 39. Verse 39. He says, and when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord you can go back. It's fine. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. He was done with the eunuch. He says, caught away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. The eunuch is rejoicing. But the spirit has caught up with Philip. But Philip was found at Azotus. Hey! It's not the dance. It's not the dance. Eh? <laughs> we will be sitting in our church just dancing, dancing, dancing. But this was Azotus to the outermost part of the earth. Salam. Do you see? Look at that. But Philip was found at Azotus and passing through, he preached in all the cities 
till he came to Caesarea. I say, your ministry is far to the outermost part of the earth. Far to the outermost part of the earth. Hallelujah. Let us read one more scripture in Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, verse 19. Persecution. It will cause us to rise. And when we rise, we are not looking for peace and safety. But it will make us go and preach. He says, now, they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled where? As far as Phoenix. Do you see where they're going? Persecution. They travel. You think, you see, I want you to pay attention to these scriptures because you will think that persecution has come and so they are running away for peace. Claudia, do you understand? That they are running away for shelter. That they are running away for other reasons. But it says, now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch to look for jobs, to look for money, to look for safety, to do what? Preaching the word to none but unto the Jews. They went preaching the word. When the Holy Spirit is upon the church and you don't move, persecution will make you move. And you go and preach the word. You go and preach the word. He says they went preaching the word. Preaching the word. Hallelujah. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Preaching the word. Verse 20. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. These were Greeks. Now they have moved to Greek. They are talking, they are speaking. Do, are, are they Greeks? They are not Greeks. But when the power of the Holy Spirit is upon you, you will minister to the Greeks. I say you will minister to the Greeks. When the Spirit of God is upon a church, you are an English-speaking country, you will minister to the French. You will minister to the Avorians. You will minister to the Dutch. You will minister to the Portuguese. When the power of the Holy Spirit is upon you, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Wow! Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. So my brothers, it may look as though Ghana has had bad leaders and poor economy and difficult life and you finished school and you couldn't get a job. Other people had jobs and you couldn't get a job. And it looks like life was so hard in Nigeria and you run away, and life is so hard in Dominican Republic and Jamaica, and it looks like that is how life was, and you run away. It looks as if you are running away from poverty, but God has a way of ensuring that his gospel will be preached. I say God has a way of ensuring that his gospel will be preached. Whenever persecution arises among Christians, whether from religious persecution, whether from economic persecution, whether it was as a sake of war or peace, wherever you go, unless you preach, the Holy Spirit will not rest. I say, unless you preach the word, the Holy Spirit will not rest. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Look at the places where we went to witness. Did we find some large American churches witnessing over there? Yes, we didn't. And if we had not gone, all the souls that we won, they would have gone. They would have passed by. Every church can do so much in Jerusalem. Every church ought to have their Judea. Every church ought to have their Samaria. And every church ought to have their outermost part of the earth. Hallelujah. God gave us the Holy Spirit to evangelize the world. Do you understand? That is the reason why God gave us the Holy Spirit. So he says, wait here. Don't move. Don't move until the Holy Spirit comes. Now when the Holy Spirit comes, then you become a witness to me in Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the outermost parts of the earth. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Because it's a great work. It says, you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes, it brings power. Because this is a great work. Evangelizing the world is a great work. It is difficult work. It involves a lot. And so you cannot do it with your physical strength. You cannot do it by your own might. So he says, don't live with your strength now. Don't live with your might. Wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will move on. God, did you understand the word of God this evening? Yeah. And then you will move on. Don't leave. Don't leave. Because it is great work. And we cannot do it by ourselves. Amen. Amen. If I am building, if I am building, I'm trying to build a 25-story skyscraper, 125. I'm trying to build a 125 skyscraper. And I invite laborers to come work with me. Do you think I will ask them to carry their beams, the heavy metal beams by their shoulders and carry them and put one on top of the other? Do you think that is what I would do? Do you think if I do that, I'll be able to accomplish that purpose of building a 125-story building? But I have to provide them with powerful machinery. I have to provide them with powerful bulldozers. I have to provide them with strong machinery. Machines that can carry heavy beams. Machines that can lift heavy beams on top of the other and go further and further and further. That is what I will provide. Because the work is great. It's not like a small tattered house that I am building. And so if I give you this great tool, I provide a bulldozer, I provide all this heavy machinery, the cranes, and then I come and I find that you are using all these big tools at your backyard, your small backyard, and that is where you are using them. What do you think I will do? What do you think I will do to my tools? I will take my tools away. Because you are not using it for the purpose. Isn't that what it will do? That is what the Holy Spirit is for. And so any church that is not using, that is not building, that is not doing this great work, then we don't need the Holy Spirit. And any church that is involved in this great work of evangelizing the world, sending people to Kotojamba. Is it Kotojamba? Sending people to 
Brazil? Sending people to where? Dentry, Dentra, Obase, Jaminasi. Sending people to Kingston, New York, Kingston, Jamaica. Sending people to Papua New Guinea. When when Jesus finds a church that is sending people to all these places, crossing rivers that no one can cross, taking the gospel to places that no one can go because it's so difficult, he supports such a church with the Holy Spirit. He gives such a church the Holy Spirit. When a church is into sending missionaries, he supports a church like that with the Holy Spirit. And that is why we want to support the thing that Jesus will support. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? That is what we, Jesus will only support the churches that are sending missionaries going away from their Jerusalem. That is what the Holy Spirit is giving. Hallelujah. That is what the Holy Spirit is giving. So today, my friends, I want us to support what Jesus will support. Last scripture, let me read this scripture to you in Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. It says, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whether he himself would go or would come. Hallelujah. Look at it in the New Living Translation so you understand. He says, these were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. No, 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 no. Are you changing my scripture? Acts chapter, Luke chapter 10 verse 1. He says, the Lord now chose 70, 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. He planned to visit. So, when we are supporting missionaries, when we are sending missionaries to places, we are doing what Jesus is planning to do. We are sending people to places. He says he sent them two by two to these towns and villages where he had planned to visit. Where he was planning to visit. Hallelujah. If you don't want me to call your name, wake up. Wake up. Anyone that is sleeping, I will call your name. Amen. These are the places where we want to put our money. And by the grace of God, we are in a church that sends missionaries. By the grace of God, we are in a church that sends missionaries. Hallelujah. We are worldwide by the grace of God. God has given us missionaries all over the world. And we will continue to send them. And everywhere that we have sent missionaries, we see people giving their lives to Christ. And if we do not go, persecution will arise. Some of us, we cannot go physically, but we can support someone financially to go. Hallelujah. We can support someone financially to go because they cannot go to preach. Look, one last scripture. Can I read one last scripture? One, this is the last one in Romans chapter 10. Roman, this is the last, last, last. Say, Reverend, this is your last chance. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. He says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Wow. Isn't that powerful? That is a very powerful scripture. 
He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So why is everyone not calling on the name of the Lord? Miriam, why is everyone not calling on the name of the Lord? Do you want to know why? You want to know why? Look at this, verse 14. Verse 14, this is a question. He says, but how can they call on the name? How? He says, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? Isn't that so? Unless they believe in him. How can they call unless they believe in him? And then he says, how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? Is that fair? I don't believe it. Today I met someone who says, I've never heard of Jesus Christ. Wow. I said, my Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Amen. I met an old man, old man, old man. He has a few years to live. And then I said, are you saved? He says, no. I said, do you want to give your life to Christ? He says, yes. I said, let us pray. And then we pray. Give his life to Christ. At the end, he says, thank you for leading me to do this thing. Old man, about to die. Ready to go. Ready to perish. I cannot share with you all the stories. But look, he says, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? Then he says, you see, we are asking the questions. Isn't the question that you ask, Miriam? And he says, how can, he says, ah, can we, um, we'll be fired, though. You want me to finish quickly so we can go and have our, okay, okay, I understand. Okay, we are almost done. He says, how will anyone go and tell them without being, wow, you have moved too fast. Okay, you just give me two minutes. I'm done with my scripture. Just give me two minutes. If you don't give me two minutes, I will add another scripture. <laughs> it says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And then he said, and how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? It's a fair question, Sarita. Is it not a fair question? If they have never heard about him, how can they believe in him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Wow. Wow. How can they hear about him? How can they hear about him? Now, how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Auntie Maggie, how? How can they hear about him? And take Gladys, how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? One, one more question. Let's ask the next question. And then he says, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Wow! Do you realize that the reason for the first verse that we read, that they have not heard about him, 
that they have not called upon his name, that they have not believed in him, is because we have not helped send someone. Wow. 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 We don't want to be that church that when we appear before the Lord, we say, you did not send anyone. And so all these people who are going to hell never heard of me. And they never called upon me. We don't want to be that church. We want to support missions. We want to be a church that sends people. When it comes to sending people, we want to be a part of it. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know, unless the Lord touches your heart, these things may not mean much to you. Unless the Lord touches your heart, that hearing that many people are perishing because you did not help to send, it may not do much to you. But pray that God will touch your heart right now. That the Holy Spirit will touch your heart right now. We don't want to wait until persecution arises before we will go. But Lord, we will send. We will send. We will send our missionaries. We will support our missionaries. We will take our missionaries far. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your way. We want to be a missionary church. We want to be a part of a church that sends. A church that sends. A church that sends. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. They have not heard of Christ because they have never heard of him. They have not heard of him because no one has told them. Oh, Jesus. Let it not be because of us. Let it not be because of us. As a church, let it not be our fault that they did not hear about Christ and that they did not call on your name. Oh, Jesus. 